The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with April J. Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she has managed to rise above them and conquer her life. She'll help you to do the same. Now, here is your host, April J. Ford. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. I'm your host, April J. Ford. I've asked Dave Philpson to come on the show to discuss an interesting topic that he calls the hallucination of fear. But before I bring him on, I wanted to explain to our listeners that I offer the show as an example for people who may feel alone during an adversity that they are not alone. Loneliness has been an overriding theme of my life and the challenge I've had to overcome. Your journey called life is filled with happiness, success, fulfillment, and even disappointments and adversities. Did you know that there are golden blessings to be discovered even when life throws you a curveball? Being a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and single parent at only 32 years old, I created a formula in four steps on how to create a blueprint to rise above life's challenges. These four steps are recognize, respond, reevaluate, and rebalance. Now, this blueprint guides you on finding who you are and how to handle the challenges, and it doesn't even have to be as extreme as mine. This is how you will transition and transform into who you're truly meant to be. And I believe on taking a holistic approach on implementing the four steps. So this show will bring on expert guests focused on empowerment. There's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific here on Voice America. So on with today's show, Dave Philpson has been a business trainer since 1987, working with such companies such as Ford, AT&T, Remax, Century 21, Nordstrom's, and others. And while that may seem impressive in print, what really stands out is the results that he gets for his clients. He was part of the team that put Tony Robbins on the map and that has helped several other thought leaders by putting them on some of the largest stages. Dave has been a producer for the Wall Street Network, while he not only helped produce the three-minute press show and the first contracted original content on Fox Business News, he was a member mentor to CEOs, CFOs, and COOs of numerous public companies. He's also the inventor of voicemail for the cell phone a full year before it was now being recognized. In 1987, Dave uh, also became a certified clinical hypnotherapist as, as he was working on suicide lines and prior to that faced death himself at the age of 14 and again at 30. He was once homeless, an interesting fact about him, living out of the back of his car and then that 
car was stolen. So we're going to have to ask Dave about that story. His life transformed and he helped numerous others. He's now a representative for CEO Space, which is an income acceleration, entrepreneurial training, and world-class business networking organization providing MBA-level training and development and an immersion experience of cooperation that results in income acceleration through exponential business growth. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, Dave. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Any day that ends in Y is a great day. <laughs> oh, amen to that. Thank you, Dave. Well, tell us. Take us you know, back through time, Dave. Tell us some of the work you've done in the past with Tony Robbins before Tony became the brand that he is today. Well, when I found Tony, he was struggling to get 100 people for a, uh, for a weekend, including the Firewalk. And we built it up to where the platform forum was about 5,000 people. Um, we introduced a program uh, early on that was called Date with Destiny, and I remember the last one in the capsule, there was a big push to see if we could get it to 37 people, because that would max, max out the Del Mar Castle. Oh. And uh, I understand today when they hold a Date with Destiny, there's all, over 6,500 people, so that's that's kind of funny when I when I hear those numbers. Wow! Because and he was struggling to get a hundred, and now he's up And then to uh, the team of us, there were four of us: um, Alan Schmidt and uh, Joe Gray and Charlene Spillam and I. We went over to another organization that was doing these programs, and they were getting about six hundred uh, people, almost seven hundred people per event. And and it was kind of fun because they would have Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy, and we'd have, I remember the first one I saw was Mary Lou Retton and Barbara Bush and Dan Fouts. It was down in San Diego. And they were doing one of those a month, and they were doing uh, 10 months out of the year. And what we did then is we took them to where they were doing 11 months out of the year. However, we were doing three a week. And we were averaging between, it depended on the, the arena, but between twelve and 25,000 per event. Wow. So it was, there were a lot of people being introduced to personal development, which has always been a a uh, fan of mine, I didn't realize it, but uh, I was introduced to personal develop- development at a very young age. Right, right. Well, how did you guys even meet? How did how did Tony meet your team that really, you know, put him on the map going from, you know, 20 people or 37 people at, at his castle in Del Mar to now five to 6,000 in convention centers? Well... At the time, Alan, Alan was already there, and Charlene was uh, basically an independent contractor. Joe was a good friend of Alan's, a very dear friend. They came from Chicago area, and I happened to attend one of the firewalks. And I, at that time, I thought it was a neat thing, and it was 
pretty impressive to me, and and it wasn't until years later that uh, you know when you see behind the curtain and et, et cetera, um, your opinions change a little bit. But the the neat thing about that experience is that it did put me in touch with some very good people. Right, right. Now, did that play into how? you were on the front lines of, of your work in the suicide line or how did that come about? I mean, did that have, you know, your role of being in that field of personal development and wanting to help others and exploring um, how you were growing inside as well? I mean, how did, how did you transition into that arena? Um, I was already working in that arena. I'd been uh, certified personally in, in uh, clinical hypnotherapy. Um, and at one point, I held the largest uh, library of Milton H. Erickson. And um, for those listeners that may not know who Erickson is, he is—he was a developer of what is now called Ericksonian hypnosis, which was an indirect hypnosis. Prior to that, every all types of hypnosis that were known and practiced were direct hypnosis, which means um, you, you basically count three, three things out that are real, and then you put one in that, that suggested is you are, you're watching this watch go back and forth. You can feel mm-hmm. your feet on the floor. You can do this, and now you're getting sleepy. So you leave those three things in. Where Milton Erickson was a master at at language and suggestion. And he did it all for therapy. From Milton H. Erickson, uh, actually it was John Grinder and Richard Bandler studied uh, Erickson in the 70s and put words to what he was doing. And they then called that NLP. Ah, Okay, neuro-linguistic, right, okay. Correct. No linguistic programming, which unfortunately has evolved to where now people are using it for manipulation and sales and uh, relationships, and there's something now called pickup artists. A, a lot of things that um, would cause uh, Erickson to roll over in his grave. Mm. Mm. Wow. Well, well, share some of the stories that you've experienced you know, being in the front lines of a suicide line, what was that like? I mean, you're, you're really at the front lines of, of somebody's life in your hands just on the other end of the phone line. What was that like? Share some of the stories. Well, for me, it was a lot of fun. It was an adventure, and it was something that I could play with and, and move someone to a side. Now, the first couple of times, it probably wasn't like that, and I don't remember, I just remembered having the confidence in wanting to get them, and even when I was uh, working with Tony, any time, we'd get to a lot of calls that would come in, but any time a suicide call would come in, I would get it, and I say it was a lot of fun because it was, and some of the people would, that were, would sit around me in the area they would just watch me talk on the phone, which oh. I thought, you know. And you weren't stressed at all? Com- I mean, some, somebody's coming to you with contemplating of living the next minute. I mean, that would be a highly stressful situation. 
Not at all. Because I knew that if they were coming to me, or if they were calling in any, if they were calling anyone, they were calling in for help. So that was a big plus. Two, anybody that's attempted suicide and has lived through it is actually a failure at suicide. Um, because if your true intent is to kill yourself, then you're going to do it. And then later, through some other psychological studies that uh, I was involved with and then learning within the community, if someone, this is just useless information, but it's fascinating to me, and for your viewers, if somebody ever tells you that they borrowed your car and uh, they returned it and they say, you know what, I... Uh, uh, I was I was considering suicide. I almost did it last night. And you go in the car and the radio's loud. They're lying because when somebody's considering suicide, the radio's off. It's not on at all. Um, again, useless information. But, <laughs> but it's very interesting, like you said, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's do this. We're going to take our commercial break, and I want you to continue sharing some of those stories. Like you said, people around you were so intrigued on how you're able to move people at a place of despair into at least living, you know, the next few moments of their life. And before we go to break, I wanted to say hello um, to our You're Not Alone listeners out there that we're reaching globally on the listening board. I wanted to say hello to, of course, the United States. We've got Canada. Poland, Armenia, United Kingdom, India, Argentina, oh, the list keeps going on and on, Romania, Israel, Guatemala, Spain, Norway, and Russia. So hello to my You're Not Alone listeners out there. We'll be back from break with Dave. Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to rise above life's challenges with grace, gratitude, love, and joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. Change happens. It doesn't just happen to us, it happens through us. On The Art of Transformation, host Mara Evenstar helps you become the artist of your own transformation. Learn to work with natural patterns, work with change rather than against it. Mara and her guests will bring fresh perspectives and new ways to apply the art of transformation to yourself, your community, and our world. Be sure to listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Did you know there are close to 50 loss events that can produce the wide range of emotions we call grief? Grief is a normal and natural response to loss. We all experience loss in life. Often, when we do, people tell us we have to let it go and move on. 
But how do you do this? Especially when you don't know where to start. Listen to 50 Shades of Grief with host Melody Dawn. Live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we can get through grief. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's one 346 9141 if you'd rather send April an email, her email address is aprilj.ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. I'm your host, April J. Ford. We've been speaking with Dave Philpson, a business trainer, and he's been sharing his story before the break. Uh, back in the day when Tony Robbins, you know, before he became the brand, the name that he is today, he was sharing his story of how he was on the team that helped put Tony on the map and how Dave was also able to use some of the transformational techniques that he's learned being in the front lines of the suicide line. And I wanted Dave to continue sharing a story of what it was like on how he was able to move people from a place of disparity of contemplating suicide to a place of at least choosing, you know, life at that moment. Dave, let's continue on with a story that you're explaining of how you're able to help people move in that direction. Sure. I would actually, it, it all came down to leverage and we all have our own personal leverages and that's when, you know, before the break, I talked about how it was exciting for me to take on these calls. The excitement was, was to find out what people's leverage was and to use that against them to, in order to get them to come away with, from the suicide talk. For example, um, I remember a few very distinctively to this day. One was a gentleman that had uh, two little boys, and and he loved his boys, and he just was a disappointment to them, etc. And the fun part for me was I found out that by using emotion as leverage, I could always utilize that. And the one that stuck with him was I got him so angry at me that he wasn't going to commit suicide just to, just to, I'll, I'll say it on the radio, piss me off. Uh, um, it, so now he's so I was using Dave. that. <laughs> now, he, now you have a, a stalker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, it's the reverse. It, it was that, I would get him so pissed off at me, and then I would challenge him to commit suicide. I would tell him that he, oh, all those attempts in the in the past, oh, you're a failure. Why don't you do it, you, et cetera. It took some work to get up to that point, to know and to be confident that I had that leverage, however. And there was another woman that um, sexual pleasure was her leverage. So I used that with her. 
um, she was in a convertible riding around, and then we just turned everything into something that was sexual for her, and, and she began laughing about everything. And she knew that she wouldn't have sexual pleasure if she were to kill herself, so she stopped that. So it was just finding, what is it about these people? How can I dive into their mind and find out what leverage I can use? Because we all have our own personal leverages as well. And it's the easiest way to change something about yourself is to find out what is your leverage and how can you use your own leverage against you. And it's very powerful. Use your own leverage against you. But how did you, I mean, how long did it take for you to build that confidence within you or maybe when you're connecting on the other end of the line with the person that you're speaking to the on the first you know on the first time and they're in in this moment you you have to know at the point where it's pivotal to make that challenge right because you can maybe offset them at the wrong point and then that challenge goes completely the other direction i don't have that belief and i think it started with the very first time, the very first call. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody said, hey, anybody know Linda's suicide hotline? And while people were looking for it, they said, who could keep this person on the phone? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, I'll do that. And then while I had them on the phone, just started asking them questions and and finding out a little bit about them and then coming to a positive result and having the confidence in being able to do so. Right, right. I've been in similar situations, not really being in a suicide line, but speaking to certain individuals on the phone and they, it seemed like they just really wanted somebody to listen to them and really um, show time and compassion and, and loving understanding of where they were at and what they were feeling. Sometimes that's what it takes. Other times they're just looking for direction and you've got to give them direction and it's learning you know, who was the, the most influential person in their background that they looked up to whether it was a grandfather, a school teacher, a preacher, or what have you, that they didn't have in, your, in their life to give them direction. Because right. we all have that in us, is, is the want to look to be led. There are leaders and there are followers, and there are those most of us are both. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At any given situation, right. Well, explain to our listeners, Dave, you know, since you pretty much understand how this works, that everything is really energy and how is it explain how our emotions are basically energy and how this relates to fear you know whether it's fear of being in in such a a big detrimental situation as suicide or maybe it's just fear of a a simple decision to somebody else that's not really contemplating suicide not that dramatic or drastic but explain the energy and emotion relation well it started with Studying with Dr. Robert Bays in 1991, something called transformational vocabulary. And that is the study of how words affect us. And uh, Bob, at the time, his wife, uh, Brandon, and his daughter, um, 
one time Bob came home and he was angry and he said, I am so pissed. And his wife and daughter started giggling. And he said, what's the matter? And it broke his emotional state. He said, what's the matter? And they said, well, that's not one of your words. Mm. And that's what started the intrigue of diving into transformational vocabulary. And when you play with others and they say, I'm pissed, and you change that word to tinkled, it creates a completely different emotion inside you. Words can affect the way you feel. Now, right. some people call fear, um, the, the, I would say the most common acronym is, is forget, uh, I'm sorry, false evidence appearing, no, appearing to be real. Mm-hmm. Most people have heard that one. I, I had a sheet that I was going to bring it up and I was going to go through most of them. Um, it had 19 uh, of those with it. My favorite is, and, and anybody who's played catch as a youngster, whether, especially little boys uh, in the early days, and you're playing catch out in the yard and uh, the ball hits the cement and, and uh, bounces and hits the neighbor's window and it breaks, well, then fear means forget everything and run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we've all done that, but not realizing that it's obvious who broke the window and how it got broken. Right, right. But we run and we hide anyway, like we're going to be able to avoid the situation, mm-hmm. which that's what fear comes down to. And... It, Going along with the with the transformational vocabulary, at that time I was studying with a, a couple of people. Uh, one is Doug O'Brien from New York City. Well, actually, both are from New York. Another was Gwen Gowan. Gwen is still today a producer for the 2020 show. Okay. And years later, Gwen called me and she said, oh, my God, you won't believe what I just did. I said, what's that, Gwen? And she said, well, I just taped, I just produced two segments that had nothing to do with one another. (laughs) Okay. And Barbara Walters was interviewing Barbara Streisand and Hugh Downs was in, was interviewing, not introducing, was interviewing uh, Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. And at the time, most people remember that Barbara Streisand had a point uh, in the mid-90s where she was going through this enormous stage fright and she was canceling concerts after years of successful concerts. Mm-hmm. And Gwen relayed the story, and then later I got to see both segments. Um, But both interviews were almost identical. At the time, Bruce was making a comeback and producing shows, and everybody was talking about how they were the greatest concerts they'd ever seen. And the interviews went a little bit something like this. Barbara Walters would say, Baba, you have had a successful career, and she, would talk, she was talking mm-hmm. about that. She said, now you're canceling these shows. What's going on with you? And she'd say, 
Well, Barbara, it's unreal. I, I just don't know what's going on. I'd be in the gray, green room. The, the warm-up act would be uh, winding down. And I would hear these chants throughout the, throughout the arena. It would be Barbara, Barbara. Right, right. Her and fans are waiting on her. Yeah. Yeah, the energy would become great. And I could feel it all the way back to the, the green room, just the energy vibrating. And the hair would stand up on my arms and on the back of my neck. And I would get these chills. And I'd start breathing shallow and in my chest. And then I would start to tense up. And I would say to myself, I can't do this. I can't go on. And just to, for the sake of time, I'm going to shorten the stories a little bit. The other interview went a little bit like this where he said to Bruce, he said, Bruce, your, your comeback tour is amazing. People are raving about your concerts, saying that they're better than ever. They're the best concerts they've ever attended from anyone. What do you attribute this to? Well, Hugh, I don't know. It goes a little bit like this. It's kind of crazy. The warm-up act will be uh, finishing up and they'll say, you know, get ready for the boss. Mm-hmm. And then the whole arena will start to chant my name. <laughs> Same thing, Bruce, yeah. Bruce, right. Bruce. And it's in- incredible. The, just the energy in the building, and I can feel it back in the, in the green room, like it just consumes me. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because the hairs will stand up on the end of my arm and the back of my neck, and I get these chills, and I start breathing heavy in my gut, and I say to myself, I can't wait. This uh-huh. is going to be great. Mm-hmm. So both of them were almost identical, with the exception of two things. One. How do they react to it? Well, one was the way that they were breathing. Barbara was breathing shallow in her her chest. Bruce was breathing deep and in his gut. And then the other thing was the things they said to themselves. Those were the only two differences. And that, that is what caused the reaction. And coming back to your original question of... Emotion is just energy in motion. E, mm-hmm. thanks to Einstein, is energy in motion. Energy in motion. Energy in motion, right. So, right. And, and when you link that with transformational vocabulary, those cause are transference. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to prove that with a personal story, and we've all got stories like that as well, of where I was in Maui, and I went to Black Rock. For those that are familiar, they know that it's, uh, well, I'll paint the story for those that aren't familiar, because those that are, they already have the picture in their head. But it's a 60-foot cliff that overlooks blue waters. 
and people will climb up these cliffs and jump into the water. Well, I did that as well. This was back in the early 90s. And it was incredible. And then I did it again, and I said, this time I'm going to dive. Okay. And I dove, and I went a little bit too far over, and I hit a back smacker, which is the opposite of a belly flop. Mm-hmm. And it almost, well, it seemingly paralyzed me for a moment it, because it took the wind out of me, and it stung so bad. Oh, ouch. So with that experience, right. Yeah, and then I got my breath back, and I said, oh, I'm going to end on a good one. And I climbed back up there, and I was paralyzed by fear. I clung to the rocks, and I couldn't jump. And a friend of mine by the name of Danielle Stuckey was with me, and her husband, Jerry, and Danielle looked at me, and she said, Dave, what's going on? And I just told her, I said, I don't know. I just can't do this. And she said, do this. Stand up, face the rocks, and just smile. And she well, talked let's hold, me through let's this. Hold that I did it. We're envisioning you, Dave, on standing on the rocks and how it's going to be different this time and I want to break for our next commercial and when we come back I want you to finish that story of while our listeners are holding on to that thought of you standing at the edge we're going to leave everybody with (laughs) me on the cliff (laughs) yeah let's do that let's take our break and we'll be back when Dave is about to jump on the cliff (laughs) follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here, Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. We've been speaking with Dave Philipson on the transformational vocabulary and how that relates to fear, since fear is basically an emotion and energy is in motion. And that um, he was explaining how that can change your emotional state. And Dave, tell us the rest of the story of how you were paralyzed by fear standing at the edge of the cliff before you were to, to take that dive in Hawaii. Sure. And what I really like about this fitting in here is it fits in to a term that you've coined that is, it really resonates with me, and that term is the alchemy of adversity. Mm-hmm. And I had the adversity of smacking my back, and then I was paralyzed by fear, so to speak, um, albeit temporary. And then at that time I was clinging to the rocks I let go of them and I was I was standing up but I was still facing the rock and and she had me put a smile on my face and turn around and now everything was different and here I am at one of the highest points of Hawaii and or at least uh, the, one of the how, highest points in on the beach area of Maui, mm-hmm. and the water was so blue, and the sand was so tan, and the sky a different shade of blue, and the lush greenness of the tropical foragery, especially the pineapple fields that I could see in the distance. So just these rich colors with the sun just coming down and encompassing me and holding me and and making it so warm, and now I'm smiling. And it was easy as I took all that in to breathe and hold my body in a way that didn't allow fear to come in. And your physiology, and I'll touch that on that uh, perhaps a little bit later, your physiology determines your emotion a lot. It has a lot to do with it. Well, let's just talk about that right now before we finish the, the cliff story. Is that if we were all to imagine... Wherever we are right now, on the other side of the wall, there was someone depressed. We could easily identify how they were sitting or how they were holding their body. For example, where would their shoulders be? Probably down. Down, exactly. Where would their head be most likely? Well, the same, looking, looking down still. Yes, and they'd probably be breathing pretty shallow. 
and they probably have a sad look on their face. Um, and let's say on the other side of the wall from them was their twin, and they were excited. How would they have their shoulders? Oh, more upright. Yes. And how would they be breathing? Very deep and, and full. I would say full. That's a great word for a very full breath. And they'd probably have a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. So anytime we want to change our own emotion, all we have to do is, especially if we want to change it to happy, pull our shoulders back, our chest out, or I had a dear friend, she was an amazing clairvoyant, and she used to tell the girls, tits out, sister. <laughs> and a wonderful woman by the name of Myrna, she's on the other side now, but it was so hilarious to hear her say that. And she would also say it to young girls to correct their posture. So it was kind of comical, but it affects the way, the way we hold our body affects the way we carry through the, our day. So the listeners, that's something you can use right away. Put a smile on your face, your chest out, your shoulders back, and it will change the way you view yourself. It will change the way others view you. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, one thing that you can do with children, if they're crying, hover over them so they have to look straight up, it will stop them from crying. Oh, now, I'll often do this to, to, I have an affinity for children, as you well know, I took to yours right away, and anybody yeah, that's yeah, um, especially you, those at, at CEO Space, um, I love kids, I think, because they're a little me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one thing that you can do if it's a strange child, obviously you can't uh, hover over them. That would be a little uh, (laughs) weird or kooky. But what you can do is go to them and point to the sky and say, look, and they look up, and their shoulders have to come back. Mm Mm-hmm. And automatically, they stop crying. They can't cry when they're looking straight up. Right. It's, so you're basically just changing your, like you said, your physiology that will change your emotional state. Yes. At that it's moment. physically right. impossible. And also, it's physically impossible to be in a bad mood. If you're looking up, you have a silly grin on your face, and you're thinking something positive. Oh, right. The brain just doesn't work that we can't be happy and, and fearful and sad at the same exact moment, right? Exactly. Yeah. So let's do this, Dave. Let's do this. Let's take our last break. And when we come back, I wanted to really dive deeper into why some people become paralyzed with fear. Let's, let's take our last break and, break. and when we come back, let's talk about that. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges? Or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to rise above life's challenges with grace, gratitude, love, and joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past 
taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. Get ready to experience a more fulfilling lifestyle. Tune in to Direct Connect Empowerment with host Fee Mazanki. The show will feature guests who have changed their lives by using the Direct Connect coaching program or have worked with the same concepts that this program offers. By hearing how others have been transformed, you will be inspired to move forward. Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee Mazanki can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. I'm your host, April J. Ford. We've been speaking with Dave Philpson. And before the break, he shared some practical tools on how you can basically change your physiology that will determine your emotional state. Some of the practical tools that he mentioned was, you know, doing something as simple as smiling or changing the posture of your body and even breathing, you know, having a full, deep Um, breath. So Dave, when I coach people in my workshops or in one-on-one, I explain to them basically when they're in the moment of adversity, you know, we tend to operate in the part of the brain um, that's called the reptilian part. And that's basically the survival mode of our brain. And when people become paralyzed with fear, I describe this as the quicksand of adversity. Because if you picture yourself in a moment of adversity, your natural instinct is to, you know, react frantically. You're moving your hands frantically. You're kicking your legs frantically as if you're trying to catch your breath and breathe because you can't breathe because you're so overwhelmed with the adversity that you're trying to deal with or the challenge that you're dealing with. And since you're in the quicksand, what you end up realizing is you, you freeze up until the point of you stay frozen, you end up doing nothing at all. And oftentimes, too many people stay frozen in the quicksand of adversity because they're paralyzed by the fear of what to do next. What do you think? What do you what do you think of that? It is about fear that people become paralyzed by fear. 
Well, before I do that, I want to say that I'm a big fan of your work and that any of your listeners that have been contemplating, they should just dive right in. Um, April's very, very good. What I'll say to that, however, is this. It is that you just have to relax. I learned this the very first time. I was 14 years old. You mentioned it um, in my introduction. I was 14 years old, and I had a man die in my arms. Mm. Wow, now, at 14. I didn't tell anybody about this until I was 33 years old. And when it happened... It was such a spiritual experience. I could sense the spirit leaving the body. I felt everything. And I was at peace. And I learned at that moment that when you're at peace, everything's always okay. Right. And we tend to ask these questions that debilitate us further because our brain is a computer. And the answer is always right. That doesn't mean we're always right. But if we ask the wrong questions, the brain's going to answer. For example, if there were two twins and one was asking themselves, why am I so fat? Well, the brain's going to say, because you're a pig. Whereas if the other twin said, how can I become thin now and enjoy the process? They're going to get a much more empowering answer. Right, right, I agree. And this happens, this is where it comes into the hallucination of fear. So if people are just joining now, they're going to have to go back and listen to the replay because all of what we've done so far is going to lead up to this. When you come to the hallucination of fear, is that we have an experience in our life when something is new to us, we breathe a certain way. Our skin reacts a certain way, just like Bruce and Barbara. And all these different things about physiology plus focus determines what we have as an experience emotionally. Now, oftentimes, fear is, or what we label as fear, is exactly the same as excitement. But because we haven't experienced it before, we automatically label it fear because we tend to live in a negative society. Those that are more positive automatically label it excitement. But when you break it down and you look at each item, how am I holding my body? How am I holding my shoulders? How am I breathing? What am I saying to myself? It gets rid of the hallucination of fear and it becomes the reality that it's really just excitement. So you could, so you're basically saying that fear and excitement are in the same axes? They're almost exactly the same. So it's like being on a roller coaster ride, right? Two yes. people can take the same roller coaster ride together. One could be scared to death that they're of being on the ride and the other one's a, the adrenaline junkie. It is exactly the same, and they, it produces the same amount of dopamine uh, in the brain. It g- creates the same chemical reaction in the body. Everything is the same, except the only difference is the way they label it 
and then they become that label, and that relates back to transformational vocabulary, the tinkled versus pissed, etc., is that words have no meaning except the meaning we give them. We give it, right. Therefore, energy in motion, energy has no meaning except the meaning we give it. It's nothing until we label it, and once we label it, it becomes that emotion. That's why when somebody could say, oh, this is scary, or they could say it's exciting. And I would offer that to the, the listeners to say, the next time you say something that, oh, man, this is scary, immediately catch yourself and turn around and say, wow, this is exciting, and put a smile on your face when you say that. Or how you've labeled it. Well, let, let's tell our listeners out there, Dave, since we're coming to a close here, how can they get in contact with you to connect more about your work or to extend this conversation? Because I believe a large part of the population is really consumed and sometimes, unfortunately, paralyzed by fear and moving in the direction that they should be in. How can they get a, get a hold of you, Dave? The easiest way, and of course my work now is working with entrepreneurs, get through their fears, and to help them succeed in their business. So that's my life's work, is to help and empower entrepreneurs. And I do that via CEO spaces, which is where you and I met. And it's Dave at Global CEO Space.com. Dave at Global CEO Space.com. And all they have to do in the subject line, because I do get a lot of emails, is just put April Ford in the subject line, and I'll open that. Right on. Thank you, Dave. Alrighty, everyone. I'm April J. Ford here on Voice America with You're Not Alone. I share my story on this show so that others can share their stories and have their glory so that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith. I give my love and light so that others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so that others can share theirs and let others know you are not alone. Make sure you go to feeljoyagain.com to receive your weekly words of joy. And for the iTunes listeners out there, you can search for You're Not Alone, April Ford. Go ahead and leave five stars in a review if you like our show. And remember, there's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted and empowered every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, here on Voice America. We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. Please tune in for another edition with host April J. Ford next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week. 